Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of WISE. Today's episode is going to be all about relationship with food. I'm going to just give a quick overview in case you are new to this podcast. In Heart Food Podcast, which was the first iteration of this podcast, I spoke about this frequently. And what's funny is that I switched over to WISE to talk about more topics other than food. And here I am back into the food stuff. We will get to the other stuff in the next several weeks. But I'm finding that I am hearing from you guys and you guys are struggling with food right now. And you're not alone. This is a really stressful time. And I know that two episodes ago, I talked about this a little bit. But today I wanted to give you some practical steps that you can take right now to better your relationship with food. A lot of people say, why even have a relationship with food? Like, why is that a thing? Like, you just eat. And the thing is, for some people, eating is effortless and really, really easy, and they don't have to think about it or even really pay attention to what they eat. It doesn't affect their mind or their digestion or the way that they feel, and that's fine. And it's cool. But for some of us, you might be listening to this podcast right now, food can be a giant source of stress and especially in stressful times. And we know that whenever we're struggling with food, that it's never really about the food. It is a deeper issue that is happening. And to me, eating and the way that we eat and it really doesn't matter. I mean, of course, I'm a nutritionist and of course it matters what we eat. It does have an impact, especially if you're sensitive on, like I said before, your mood, your digestion, the way that you think, the way that you feel in your body. But the thing is, I care more about your thoughts and your behaviors around the way that you're eating first because it doesn't matter if you're eating really, really healthy food, if your mindset and your attitude and your perception towards food and most importantly yourself isn't in check, then that can be very difficult. And in case you're new to this podcast, you know, I am somebody who has told my story before and I have gone through many eating disorders. I had bulimia all through my teen years. I had anorexia in my early 20s where I was like literally just starving and not eating and like running so much and getting so many compliments from people. I didn't have a period and everybody was like, oh my God, you have such an incredible body. You look so fit. And I had to really literally starve myself to stay there. And then after that, I went through a little bit of orthorexia 
I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something. And right now I am in a place and I have been for many, many years where I have felt really, really, really good with food. And many people you know, might think like, oh, she's she was a chef for so long and she struggled with food. And the thing is, when you struggle with food, and, and this has been my case, I hated it for so long. And it wasn't until I healed my relationship with food, which started for me when I read the book Women, Food and God by Janine Roth, which I recommend to everybody. Literally, that was the book that really changed absolutely everything for me. It wasn't until I read that book and I realized that having issues with food it, it has nothing to do with food. It's indic- indicative of larger, larger things that I really started my healing work. And this is what I help my one-on-one clients do. Of course, you know, I have different tracks for when I work with people. Sometimes we just work on mindset. Sometimes people have worked on their mindset and they're ready to track macros, which is something that I also do is prescribe macros for people for fat loss if that's what they want in a really healthy way and a way that's not going to be restrictive or depriving and something that's going to be sustainable for them. Really building a good relationship with food and a way of eating going forward that's going to make them feel great. So it wasn't until I read that that I realized that all of these things were actually a doorway and a gateway into a lot of deeper issues. And the thing is that for a lifetime, we could sweep these things under the rug and never pay attention to them. And it's scary as hell because once you really dive deep into this stuff, you'll begin to see that it's going to show you everything about you that you don't want to look at, your patterns, your beliefs, things that you need to deal with that you're not dealing with, stress and so forth. And that's why I called this episode, you know, the only way out is through because when we struggle with food, we can't go around it. We can't, and there's many ways that we could go around it. We could um, get another obsession, which that could literally be anything. We could be compulsed by anything else. We could uh, try another diet and say that that is, you know, the thing that we're trying to do. But unless we look at our issue straight in the face and ask it what it has to tell us about us and be willing to look at it. And to me, this is really about this whole process, which is a beautiful process that really makes you stronger. It helps you grow. It's really about withstanding discomfort and being able to withstand that discomfort. And most importantly, through the willingness to withstand the discomfort, finding your strength. Because we use food because we don't think that we can withstand painful feelings, which is stress, which is, you know, anxiety, it's sadness, disappointment, regret, whatever it is, any negative emotion, it's very easy and accessible to just reach for food. But the thing is, and and I also want to be real about the fact that food provides real comfort, nostalgia, it's, uh, you know, there's a reward system in the brain in a loop that gets developed. And imagine if you have, you know, in the sense where like you eat food, dopamine gets secreted, you like that pleasurable feeling, and then you just want to keep going back to it. And what happens is that maybe we take the first bite of something and we get this big hit of dopamine. This is actually called the law of diminishing returns when it comes to food. 
take a big bite and it's let's say you're stressed take a big bite of like whatever like ice cream or something and it's like oh my god delicious amazing way better than what I'm feeling right now and then we take another bite and the pleasure that we feel from whatever it is whatever food we're having it's typically a hyper palatable food so a food that is engineered to be um to make you to make it harder for you to stop eating it so it's typically like a texture and a taste thing together so it could be really smooth very crunchy like potato chip soft moist even though i hate that word so it's typically a hyper palatable food that we're reaching for one that is that is very easy to override hunger. So for example, it's going to be a lot easier to have 500 calories of ice cream or a brownie than it is to have like literally five apples. <laughs> like I never want to eat five apples or like 500 grams of uh, chicken breast. Like you never want to do those things because those are whole natural foods. It's easier to regulate your appetite and your hunger with those things. But if you're encountered with a food that is hyper palatable and gives you that brain reward, every time, every bite that you take, the we're looking for that pleasure that we got from that first bite. But the dopamine and more dopamine is dopamine is released with that first bite. But as we eat, the dopamine gets less and or the dopamine that's secreted is less and less and less and less. So we're searching for a thing that never actually comes. And as we continue eating, we start feeling a void and then we're like, oh my God, I'm feeling this void and the solution is for me to keep eating. And then we just numb ourselves and we go into another world. And if you've binged before, you know, I haven't binged in, I don't know, like 10 years or eight years, which I never thought that I would uh, not binge for the rest of my life. And it was, again, I cannot reiterate the importance of going deep into this struggle so that you can get out of it. And it wasn't until I really educated myself about nutrition and the food's effect on the brain and the body. If you are sensitive, you are going to be impacted more by sugar, by these processed foods. Again, not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that we need to be aware of their characteristics and the impact that those characteristics have because sometimes we blame ourselves for not being able to control ourselves around these foods when in reality, the foods are engineered to override the hunger. So it's just your physiology acting in the way that it's supposed to act. And like I mentioned two episodes ago, I haven't been binging, but I definitely had the thoughts around the behaviors of like, oh my God, keep eating. Just, it's going to feel so good and all these things. And I'm like, what? It's been literally almost a decade since I've dealt with these things. And because of that, I wanted to do a little bit more of an episode around it and let you know that yes, the only way out is through. And I also want to validate this because food is an easy way to go. It's accessible. You can get it anywhere. Uh, It's a little harder right now because we can't go to stores as much. But if you want something, you can get it, which is why I I don't think that the solution here is always to just keep the food out of the house because that's just an environmental solution, it's not like an internal intrinsic solution. So especially if you live with somebody or you have to travel or something like 
these foods are going to be around. So you need to either find a way to eat it in quote unquote moderation, which doesn't always work for everybody. You need to find a way to eat it and be peace with, be at peace with it. And, you know, I think the crux of this is like eat it in a way that isn't going to make you feel like shit, which it typically does when we're stress eating and comfort eating and all of that. So we want to find a way that we can either eat it or not have it. And when we say we don't want to have it, have that come from a place of love and self-care and self-awareness versus, oh my God, I can't have this. I can't, uh, you know, it's I'm punishing myself. I shouldn't have it. I'm bad, blah, blah, blah. So like intent is very, very important here. So because of that history that I mentioned, I've been through literally everything and I understand this struggle inside and out. And lately I have been noticing that as I've been cooking more, you all know that I was a private chef for seven years in Miami and I am grateful that I'm not doing that anymore because now I can spend my time really talking to you guys and educating you and, and creating you know my coaching services and my digital products. But for a long time, I got really sick of cooking and because I cooked all day. So it's like when you do something that you're passionate about and then it becomes your job, it's a totally different thing. So for many, many years, like several days a week, I was just like knee deep in cooking. And I my relationship with food didn't suffer during that time because I would eat what I cooked and then maybe eat other simple things or whatever. But it really really wasn't until maybe the last month or two months that my relationship with cooking became has become a lot more enjoyable to me. You see me sharing stuff on Instagram and me sharing those things is me being reminded of how amazing these things can be and how much it's needed for all of you. And my goal is to, I've been talking a little bit about a continuity program and a membership that I'm going to create. And my goal with that, which I'm probably going to release that in the next, I don't know, maybe six weeks or so, First, it was just going to be a regular continuity program of food and batch cooking plans, but I'm seeing a need for people, a specific type of woman, you're probably listening right now, who is deep and introspective, has maybe struggled with food before. Because again, if you're sensitive, it is likely that you have dealt with anxiety or depression or just negative emotions, undesirable emotions. And I want to create a space where we can all be in community together and honor our relationship with with our bodies and with food and most importantly with ourselves and really view cooking as a vehicle to get to your best self because food has a huge impact on the way that we feel. And unless we we're talking about a sustainable relationship with food. Unless we love what we eat, we're not going to stick to whatever it is that we put in front of us, like any sort of plan. So I have many people that come to me eating a certain way, maybe a typical like bodybuilder diet, egg whites, oatmeal, blueberries, uh, did I say oatmeal? Yes. <laughs> uh, like steamed asparagus, stuff like that. And like hardly any fat, really high protein. And they hate it. And your life doesn't have to be like that. So to me, 
this process of cooking and slowing down and really paying attention and really allowing yourself to love food, allowing yourself to get pleasure from it. The more you deny the fact that you love food, the more that those behaviors that you don't like, that like itchy, frantic feeling that we get around food, the more that's going to rear its ugly head. So if we think of us being feeling disordered around food, what does that behavior look like? It's typically, again, us feeling frantic, feeling itchy, feeling like, oh my God, I, I, I like... You don't know what to do. You feel impatient. You feel like nothing is ever enough. Like you go from thing to thing. Oh, this wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. You're eating fast. You're not paying attention. And you're typically feeling like crap at the end of that. And again, I understand the struggle because if you're struggling with it, it's like, I don't want to deal with this, but I'm hungry. And now like, I don't know what I want. And you know, I I do think that the way we eat and actually like the macronutrients surrounding food. So when I say macronutrients, I mean protein, fats, and carbohydrates, like the balance of those foods are going to create a different sort of um, physiological environment in the way that we feel and also in the way our brain feels. If we eat in a balanced way, we're having protein and fiber and water and some starch and some fat at every meal, and we are feeding ourselves properly, then it creates less food drama because you feel satisfied, you feel good. And typically when we are behaving in a way with food that we don't like, we're never really ever satisfied. It's like we're constantly searching for the void. We're constantly looking for something else. Nothing is ever good enough. And think of how much mental bandwidth that takes up. And again, I think a lot of this has to do with like the actual nature of the food. So processed hyperpalatable foods, eating those is going to feel very different than having whole natural foods prepared beautifully that are like to the best of your ability, like in season or from, you know, just stuff that you like, like fruits, veggies, stuff is beautiful food. And I think that the more that we honor our love for food, honor our own brains and our physiologies of how we're wired as sensitive people. I think the more we go deep into that, again, the only way out is through, the more we go deep into that, the calmer we will feel. And that is my goal for all of you, that the more we go deep into this, the calmer you feel, the more accepting you are of yourself. And to me, this process is a process of awareness, first of all. I posted uh, a video on stress eating on Instagram that I talked a little bit about this. But first of all, it's about awareness. And it's about how do I operate? How, How do I live in the world? What does my brain need? What does my body need? So that first step is really just noticing and and noticing what how you are. And the next step is honoring that. So if you know that, I think sometimes just like a little side note, and this is something that I talk to my clients about a lot. If you, my personal like nutrition one-on-one clients, if you're somebody that struggles with food and you have people in your life or just people that you see in the world who never struggle with it, there's almost this like jealousy and resentment that's like, God, why did I have to get this stupid struggle (laughs) for this thing that I have to do like multiple times a day to feed myself. Like, isn't that so annoying that I 
have to pay such close attention when other people don't have to. And I think that we can do a big reframe here. And this is literally every single client that I've had, and this was me for a long time too, has said this to me. And I think if we do a reframe of, you know, again, awareness, okay, I might need certain foods to feel good. I might need to pay closer attention to my nutrition. I do better when I eat certain things or don't eat certain things. Like those awareness, that awareness and that noticing is the first step. And honoring that is the next step. So instead of fighting the way that we are and getting impatient and hating it and like, oh God, why do I have to struggle with this so much? We can go right through it and look at it straight in the face and ask it what it is trying to tell us. And I'm going to go into that in a moment. But I think the more that we accept that part of ourselves and the more that we honor that through the way that we eat, through the way that we prepare our food, through cooking, which to me can sometimes be the ultimate act of self-care, truly feeding yourself and going slow and honoring your own process. Like the more accepting you are of the way that you are, the less drama that you're that you're going to have in your life. And that's really important. And especially right now, like I think of eating in a way that I want to put in the least amount of effort. Some effort, of course, is required. We need to cook. We need to think about what we're going to get at the store and all of that. I want to put in the least amount of effort and attention as I can into my food because like we got shit to do, especially right now. We have you know, energy going into other places. We need to conserve our energy. So like, I don't want to be thinking about food all day. I don't want to be, unless like, you know, you have a meal you're really looking forward to or something. But like, I don't want that to take up my bandwidth. I have other things to do. And if you've ever struggled with food, you know that if you struggle, it, it can literally take up your life for years and years and years. And I've been there. I know how painful that is. And the more we go through that and see what it's trying to tell us, the more calm we're going to feel on the other side. So my goal for all of you is to just feel calm, feel good, feel really, really amazing through this process, which is going to start with being willing to be uncomfortable. I think that the reason we got into this is because we're not willing to be uncomfortable because it's easier to go towards the, f- the foods that don't serve us. It's easier to behave in a certain way where you just stay numb and distracted. And I get that. It is so, feels so good to do that rather than feeling a feeling that you don't want to feel. But through the awareness, through the honoring, which is really self-care, you gain confidence and feeling confident around food and good and strong and amazing around it is the result of allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable. So we use food to cope in this way. Like we feel something uncomfortable and an undesirable undesirable emotion. It's just easy to go through the food, to the food, but it never actually makes us end up feeling good. Even though that comfort is real, that nostalgia is real. I have, I forgot what I was looking at this morning, I got like an Instagram ad for an apple turnover, which I can't even eat anymore because I'm gluten-free now. But I used, my parents used to heat up on the weekends, like the Pepperidge Farm apple turnovers. 
with like they had like little raisins inside sometimes or always but there was just like a couple of them and I was instantly transported back to my parents kitchen table with the taste of that apple turnover of like a weekend morning and so I don't I'm I am validating that that is real I hate when people say that comfort food isn't really comfort food it does give comfort but we have to eat it in a way that's not going to make us feel gross or like crap because that's not fun. We've all been there. It doesn't feel good. It is not a long-term solution to the discomfort that we're feeling. And when we leave ourselves, sometimes we want to leave ourselves. You know, Janine Roth also says, never underestimate the inclination to bolt, which is something that she heard from one of her meditation teachers. That feeling that we get when we just want to leave the moment, when we want to distract, we want to numb. Instead of following that emotion, which is tempting, I suggest to get curious about it. And and this is going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to require that you are willing to deal with that discomfort and to sit with it instead of going towards other things. And I think that in this case, like a talisman can be very beneficial, something physical that we can do either with our bodies or that we remember because we're going to forget the moment that we feel uncomfortable. We're going to forget that we can withstand that. And like, we want this thing. We're going to forget that we actually are curious about ourselves. So like, I think wearing something, reminding yourself that like, I'm here to, to put in some work because this is work. It does require effort to get out of this struggle. And it's going to take a long time, especially if you have spent decades here. We cannot expect something that we've spent decades in to just go away in three months like this. And, and it is going to be a lifelong thing that you need to pay attention to. I'm not even going to say a struggle. This is going to be a thing that we will need to pay attention to probably for the rest of our lives. And it is okay because we, if we take care of ourselves through this, then we're better able to be who it is that we need to be, have energy, have, you know, like literal physical energy, but then also good energy within ourselves to give to other people. And also like just do the shit that we need to do in the world. Like we have stuff to do. So Especially, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, which many of you are listening, or if you are interested in doing that, even if you're not, like whatever you do in life, let's give it everything we've got most of the time. So I think it's really important to be aware of that. And when you're in that uncomfortable emotion with food, it's really important to ask yourself, like, what is actually happening right now? What is it that I'm feeling? What do I actually need? Is it the food? Probably not. (laughs) And, you know, maybe if you're hungry, yes. But being able to withstand that discomfort and being willing to sit, feel in your body where you're feeling the thing. Is it in your shoulders? Is it what temperature is it? It's usually hot. Like we know what it's like to feel like that hot feeling in our backs and our shoulders or like that fiery feeling in our stomach when like we're just feeling something that isn't good. (laughs) We know what that feels like and it's a physical sensation. And this is also a process of just like getting acquainted with your mind because we're not responsible for our thoughts, but we are responsible for what we do with them. So if we can sit in that discomfort It's going to feel really hard, but at some point it's going to peak 
And once it peaks, and this isn't long, this is like maybe a couple minutes where we feel that need, oh my God, I need to eat right now to get myself out of this. If we can sit through that, and when I say quote unquote sit through that, my friend Kim Shaper, and you know, she did uh, dialectical behavioral therapy. She was on the podcast last week. She talks about this in opposite action, which I use with my clients is like, what are some literal things that I can do? Action items, write these down to get out of like to withstand this pain. Is it doing something passive like sitting down or reading a book or something? Or is it something active? Typically, it should be something active, like literally getting up and moving around, going on a walk, calling a friend. Um, You know, I think even sometimes like go lay in bed if that is something that you need to do, like get comfy, get cozy put on your favorite like socks or or sweatpants or whatever it is that you need to do to feel good. And you will find that that emotion will peak. And then it's then after we after we sit there and you guys, it only takes like one or two times to be willing. Again, this is a process of willingness to withstand discomfort, which is the crux of this entire process. How can I be willing to withstand the discomfort? It's going to peak and then it's going to start coming down. And once it starts coming down, that's when the confidence starts to build. The confidence of like, you know what? I can withstand this thing. And you know what? I can actually withstand anything. And that is how you gain the power through of of overcoming your food issues. By putting the bad the power back onto you of awareness. What do I need? What type of foods actually make me feel good and show up for life? And how can I honor that through my actions? And then later comes the confidence. So it comes through acting and it comes through the willingness of being uncomfortable. And I want you to wait for that feeling of rising. And sometimes if we are, I hesitate to even say addicted because I'm not even sure that I believe that, that we get addicted to foods. But if you are in a place where you are craving a ton of processed foods because you are eating a lot of them, like you are going to crave them if you're eating a lot of them, especially if you're sensitive. If you're in that place, then it typically takes like four days of really healthy eating for you to feel better again. And once you feel better again, then you don't have to use willpower as much. But in the beginning, you do have to use that willpower to maybe choose to eat something else or, and again, this is through honoring. Intent is really, really important. And it's not to say that you're never going to eat those foods again, but if there's a time that you need to feel really good in your brain and your body, it's now because we're all really stressed. It's just like, how am I going to live sustainably every day? And then when I'm encountered with something that is maybe a trigger food, you know, something that, you know, Whole30 calls this food with no breaks. Like once you start eating it, you can't stop. For me, this is always sweets. Then how can I eat it in a way where, you know, me personally, I'm always usually eating these foods with other people, sometimes alone. But like 99% of the time I'm eating them with other people because I want to enjoy that pleasure and that fun and that celebration. But how can I be discerning about whether when I am willing to feel uh, maybe a little crappy from food? So two questions. This also comes from Whole30 that you can ask is like, is it worth it? And do I even want it? Sometimes these things aren't worth it and we do it anyway. 
And sometimes we eat it just because it's there and we don't even ask ourselves, like, do I want this thing and is it worth it? So those are two easy questions that can sort of take you out of the emotions of this process, even though it is an emotional process. I think sometimes if we could just get practical and say to ourselves, okay, like, I know I want to eat this tub of ice cream, but if I eat it, I know that this, this, this is going to happen to me. I'm going to feel bloated. I'm going to be craving more. I'm literally, I might feel sick from eating it. That might make it a little bit easier to discern whether you want it or not. And again, if you're already eating a lot of sugar, then it's going to be difficult for you to say no to that sugar. So it's why I I really am adamant about the fact that sometimes it takes like four days of healthy eating and willpower to get to a place where you're not craving those things anymore and, you know, putting attention into them. And then after that, you start feeling a little bit better. And then it's just like natural, like you start feeling so good and you start valuing the feeling of feeling good and feeling amazing over the numbing and the distracting and all of this. And you're going to feel so much stronger. So cooking is an amazing thing that can help with this, which again is why I've been sharing so much of it. Because cooking for me was very healing through my, you know, healing from eating disorders. And when I was on the farms in Italy, learning how to farm and harvest and cook stuff literally from the ground that we got like, you know, two hours prior or whatever it was. But paying attention, slowing down, you know, eating what you like, like that is a big thing. Eat what you love. And it can be simple foods. Like you can still have carbs. You can still have a little sugar. You can still have uh, butter and avocado and like really good fats and stuff like that stuff is delicious. And the more you take the time to think about what you're going to eat and plan and maybe take a little bit of time for meal prep, you know, maybe next week I will do an episode all about easy ways that you can batch cook. The more that you are have an intent of love and self-care around this process, the more you're going to love what you eat And the more that you can take your time through this process to the point that your life allows right now, the more that you can take your time with all of it and pay attention and love it and slow down with your food, the more that you can take the time to do all of those things, the less bandwidth it's going to take up in your life later. So like when I'm eating right now, it's like I'm excited to eat. It's like, oh my gosh, like I prepared this food. I'm so excited it's ready. Like right now I have some chicken thighs and a beet salad um, with avocado and that almond turmeric dressing that I posted on Instagram recently. I'm really excited to eat those things. And I know that the more I take my time with it, the less I'm going to be thinking about food later. So it's sort of front loading the care and the attention and the love and that beautiful intent that we have for feeding ourselves, which is a basic like need. And it's sort of comes from like, it's like there's a mothering vibe around that very nurturing and imagine doing it to yourself like sometimes we need to act first before we can feel a certain way and taking the time to prep your food around this whole process especially right now we are at home and we have the time to cook in the best way that we can having good foods available delicious things available ready that are easy and simple and delicious 
It's going to make you feel a lot less crazy around food. And with the thing that I'm going to be offering in the next couple of weeks, I want this to be the essence of it, of yes, offering batch cooking plans and shopping lists and all of that. And you guys, it's going to be delicious because like it has to be. And you know, these are recipes and methods that I have been perfecting for years and years and years that have been tried on clients. And FYI, like I came from French culinary technique and after cooking for such a long time, people like simple stuff. So the recipes that I share are always simple, always practical for you and your life and for the home cook and for the mom and stuff. So all of that built in with love and care and respect for yourself and your body. And I shared a little bit about this on Instagram, but you know, I recently for a long time, I, you know, I was paleo and then I sort of, you know, I, and I was also like keto also, and maybe doing a little CrossFit. It was just terrible. This was a really long time ago and I was feeling like crap. And then after that, I stayed gluten-free, but I added in some dairy and things and I felt really good doing that. But then when I got stressed out over this whole COVID shit, then I started feeling really bloated and I have cut out dairy and most sugar, like added sugars uh, for the past like week and a half. And I feel amazing and it's allowed me to enjoy other foods more. But I did have to go through that period of like four or five days of just kind of like willpowering it and having to rely on motivation and just kind of forcing myself to like eat the things that I know are going to make me feel good. And now that I'm on the other side, it's like smooth sailing and I feel a lot better just having foods that, like Rachel Hollis says, bless my body. (laughs) I feel good in my mind. I notice the whites of my eyes are different. Like, and I really want that for you. I really want you to feel free and good around food. And this is nuanced and this is layered and it's so individual. And that's why I want to provide a community for you all if you are struggling with this right now where you can feel like you're not alone and at the same time get actionable and practical tools. I've gone through so much therapy and so much like journaling and straight up work to heal my relationship with food over such a long time. And at some point in my journey, a therapist of mine recommended Overeaters Anonymous. And I went to a meeting. This was when I was in grad school. I was like 26 or 25. And it was in Boston. It was actually at Harvard. And I walked into that room and I just found, and again, no knock if you've done Overeaters Anonymous. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're new, just bear with me. Um, I went into that meeting and I just found that people traded their obsession for eating things to an obsession to not eating things and being just hyper vigilant. And again, it's about intent. There was still obsession there and I didn't like that energy. And I don't think that a long-term relationship with food requires long-term cutting of shit. Like I, I just am adamant about that fact. And I hear from so many people out there who can't find that gray area of like, okay, how do I balance the way that I want to feel and look? it's okay if you want to look good with the foods that I eat. Because if I eat sugar and stuff all day long, I don't feel well. And if I 
white knuckle myself and only eat like the bodybuilding diet. I don't like that either. So what does that middle place look like? And what are the tools that I need to get there? So yes, I've been talking about like introverts and business for a long time. And I love talking about that. But I also love talking about this. And this is something that I've felt is always my mission. So I want to provide the community where you can feel like you can be strong and good and capable. And instead of hating your relationship with food and hating the way that you struggle, going right through it, getting stronger as a result, getting more confident and viewing it as a gift, which like if you're in it right now, you might be like, F you, (laughs) I don't feel that way. But I promise you it is possible if I can get through it. I know you can too. So that is all that I have for you guys this week. Please stay on the lookout for that thing I'm going to be uh, launching in the next few weeks. It's going to be um, before that I'm going to be offering a freebie around it. So like a five or five to 10 day challenge, maybe like a seven day challenge where I will give you free education for seven days if you have taken prep like a pro. This is going to be like prep like a pro. I might call it prep school. Still figuring out the details, but stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. Please follow me on Instagram if you don't follow me there already. I love hearing from you. And if you resonate with this, please let me know. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I always respond. Love talking to you guys. Um, But I hope this was helpful. I hope that you are doing okay during this time. Um, And I also hope that you are willing to withstand discomfort and are most importantly willing to see the gifts that that allows you. I lost my train of thought there for a moment. Willing to see the gifts that withstanding discomfort allows you. So sending you lots of love. Hope you have an amazing week and I can't wait to talk to you very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley A. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on